Welcome to the For Love and Money podcast, the show where business and social purpose meet to inspire a movement for positive change. Here's your host, Carolyn Butler-Madden. Welcome to another episode of the For Love and Money podcast, a show where we share stories of businesses as a force for good and brands driving profit through purpose. I'm your host, Carolyn Butler-Madden, and for today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different. I thought I would read out to you a chapter of my book, For Love and Money, How to Profit with Purpose and Grow a Business with Love. It is what um, the podcast became a spin-off of. And I wanted to share a chapter that when I wrote it, I got really emotional writing it. And that's why I want to share this chapter with you because the point we're making when we talk about love in business, the point behind it all is that we can and and we should, I believe, bring emotion into business because if we are working for something that we care deeply about, that matters, that means something, then we're going to bring our best selves to the job at hand. And not only will that benefit what we're trying to achieve through work, but it's going to benefit us. And when it benefits us, it will also benefit the people around us because if we are happier and more fulfilled then that value just radiates out okay there's a positive energy that comes out of that so with no further ado i'm going to read you chapter 14 from the for love and money book i hope you enjoy it chapter 14 the purpose of business part two it is never too late to be what you might have been quote from george Eliot. I hit play and the short video, We the People for the Global Goals, launched into life. It was a video I'd played dozens of times at speaking events and presentations. If you haven't watched it, I recommend you do. It's a stirring call for action from a cast of celebrities representing the worlds of music and entertainment, sports science, business, education and activism. This video always gives me a little lump in my throat and I see the same visceral reaction from my audience each time I play it. But this time it was different. It was early January 2020. I was sharing the video with an audience of 18 people, the executive team of a business that I was running a two-day workshop for. It was my opener. Designed to set the tone of the workshop, I wanted the participants to feel inspired and part of a movement of people ready to get to work, to do meaningful work that helps society and the planet get to a better place than the one we find ourselves in today. But something was different that day. The backdrop to January 2020 was the worst bushfire season to have ever hit Australia. The news was awash with stories of bravery, devastation and tragedy involving humans and animals. Given that the bushfires had extended through to the summer holiday season, many of us knew people who had been caught up in the fires, either as locals or tourists. Some of the participants had been affected themselves. We had learned that our beautiful and unique wildlife were being decimated. News stories described the horrific sights and sounds of injured animals. Some of the first people to go into fire-ravaged forests were beekeepers, and a report from one described the traumatic experience. 
screaming animals, the animals that are in pain that are crying out in the forest. It's absolutely horrific. Today, the Parliament of Australia website provides a conservative estimate of the loss of over 1 billion mammals, birds and reptiles combined for the states of New South Wales and Victoria alone, with many species in danger of extinction. The air quality in Sydney, where I live, was the worst I've ever experienced. The sky looked apocalyptic. So there I stood in an office in South Bank, Melbourne, playing this video I'd played so many times. But today it was different. It was personal. And as I played it, I felt my chest and throat tighten. I thought about my beautiful country, our animals, our incredibly unique biodiversity and our people. The lives being sacrificed for profit and greed. Tears welled up in my eyes and it took me every fibre of my self-control not to openly weep. I just managed to keep contained the torrent that was rising inside me, but outwardly my composure crumpled. I struggled to speak after the video ended. I looked around me and I saw some tears in their eyes, others looking wide-eyed. Someone ran up to me with a box of tissues, which I gratefully accepted. I pulled myself together and quietly told the people gathered in the room that this matters. What we're doing today matters. I didn't need to explain myself. They understood. That day and the one following, the leadership team at Catalyst Education poured their hearts and souls into a three-year purpose-led plan for their organisation. They worked in groups, they worked together, they put ideas up and pulled them apart. They looked at individual areas and responsibilities of their business and they looked at the business as a whole. It was a stunning example of teamwork, working to a common purpose. How do we use our business to make things better? It was clear to anyone watching that every single person in that room brought themselves fully to that purpose. Normally in these workshops, I work participants hard, but to be honest, I didn't need to push this team. They worked themselves hard. There was not a moment of wasted time during those two days. The end result spoke for itself. The strategy was written up on large sheets of butcher's paper and stuck on the walls of the meeting room. As they all moved around the room, viewing their work and discussing it, there was a genuine sense of celebration in the room on what they had accomplished. There was also a sense of excitement about the meaning their work had in the context of society's needs. As I flew out of Melbourne after the workshop, I looked down across our beautiful ravaged land as I saw fires continuing to burn. Knowing the devastation that those on the ground were enduring was heart-wrenching. It wasn't lost on me that the flight I was on was part of the very problem of human-induced climate change. But the couple of days I'd spent with the team at Catalyst Education reinforced my belief in the power of people to create solutions that our society needs. When business becomes a vehicle for that people power, we have the opportunity to achieve great things together, regardless of how big or small the business is. Human endeavour and identity. Business can inspire the best in people, or it can bring out the worst in people. And dare I say it, it can also bring out nothing 
in people. It can just be a place for people to turn up and give the bare minimum in order to keep their job and draw a wage. The truth is we humans are emotional creatures. We make choices and decisions emotionally, then justify them rationally. Most of our choices align with our identity, our narrative, the stories we tell ourselves about who we are and what we believe in. We make choices emotionally about how we show up every day. This isn't just true of our personal lives. It applies equally to us as employees, as consumers, clients or customers, as suppliers and even as investors. Business does not exist in a vacuum. When businesses and brands show us a human face, we respond in the most human way, with emotion. Emotion is a powerful driver. Think about yourself. When have you felt most inspired and energized? When have you felt most proud of your organization? When have you felt that the organization you lead or work for represents who you are, your identity? I'll bet the answer to each of these questions is that it happens during moments of humanity. Those times when you feel you're doing or you've achieved something meaningful, something that truly helps someone or something. These moments reinforce our identity, the part of our identity that we like to think we are or that we aspire to be, the best parts of our character. Nobody wants to feel like they're wasting their time and energy, even though the truth for many workers is that they are. Whether we are the CEO of a business or a factory worker, when we're connected to a meaningful purpose, it inspires us. It reinforces our identity and motivates us to show up as the best of us. In 1962, President John F. Kennedy was visiting the NASA Space Center. He saw a janitor carrying a broom and according to legend, he interrupted his tour and walked over to the man. He introduced himself and asked the janitor what he was doing. The janitor answered, well, Mr. President, I'm helping put a man on the moon. The point is that when your organization has a higher purpose that is meaningful, it galvanizes people. It attracts the kind of people who care about that purpose. It brings out the best in them and it can facilitate incredible outcomes. Enjoying the podcast? If you're looking for more inspiration, head to our website, thecauseeffect.com.au for more resources on how you can start using your business as a force for good. Or buy the For Love and Money book. Every copy sold allows us to protect one square metre of rainforest. Help us save 10,000 square metres by 2025. Emotions drive superpowers. We each have so much more potential than we realise. How often have you heard stories of people finding superpowers when it comes to saving a loved one? I'm sure you've heard some of the stories of mothers tapping into unbelievable strength to lift a car off their child. That is the power of emotion. It enables us to dig deep, to find sources of strength, resilience, insights and solutions that we simply can't tap into without emotion. When we care enough about something, that is when we can realize our own full potential. This is a massive opportunity, 
not just for each of us individually, but for organisations that have a clear and meaningful purpose, who can bring together like-minded people who believe in that purpose and want to contribute to it. Can you imagine using the powerful resources and levers of for-profit business to achieve great things? And in achieving those great things, creating a thriving, successful, profitable and resilient business. Changing the system. Supporters of shareholder capitalism will have you believe that the sole and indeed the social responsibility of business is to deliver shareholder return, profit. That will take care of everything else, employment, thriving communities, economic growth. They argue that wealth will trickle down to everyone else. At best, that is a naive view. At worst, it's a cynical manipulation to shore up wealth and power for the few over the many and to give the green light to unethical practices that provide shortcuts to profit. As the planet cries out for help, the idea of business as usual has become repellent to many of us. Despite this, most people feel like they are too small to change anything. How do you fight the system? My belief is you don't fight the system. The system is too big. Don't misunderstand me. The system is not too big to change. It's the idea of trying to change something as massive as a global economic system that is too big. Here is what you can change. You can change yourself. You can change how you operate. You can listen to your internal dialogue, your narrative, your worldview. You can get clear on who you are, what matters to you. Then you can start your change with the actions you take that align with your identity. Let's start with your business. This could be a business you lead, it could be a business you own or a business you work at. It starts with asking yourself one simple question. Are we making better things in our business or are we making things better? Take a moment to reflect on that question. I believe it's one of the most important questions each of us in business needs to give serious consideration to today. We're so caught up in the robotics of progress and delivering the next new shiny thing, the next innovation, the next thing that delivers on the customer need and gives us a competitive edge. But I wonder how often we actually ask ourselves, will this make things better for someone? The idea of need has become so manipulated today and we simply accept it. Bottom line, the world needs solutions. Our planet needs solutions. Vulnerable members of society need solutions. In a post-pandemic world, there is a stark reality that we must all face. Governments are not equipped to solve these problems alone. Business can and must step up. Collaboration between all of our major institutions, business, government, NGOs and media, is essential to rebuilding our societies if we hope to thrive in the future. Some business leaders have recognised this and are stepping up and becoming the leaders we need. If there ever was a great need, it is that we stop manufacturing new needs and start looking at the true needs that are begging for solutions. So, 
How are you making things better? Is your business contributing to a real need? Does it have a social purpose? Is it acting as a force for positive change in society through and beyond its core products and services? Is it building movements for positive change or is it just adding to the noise? In the 21st century, we need businesses that contribute to the genuine needs of society, not manufactured needs to simply drive the next innovation project. In the 21st century, we need businesses that are driven by the positive change they want to create in the world, not businesses whose sole motivation is to provide profit to shareholders. In the 21st century, we need leaders with vision and a clear and present sense of humanity. Leaders who care enough about humanity to show courage and strength, who will step up as societal leaders, not leaders who just want to maintain business as usual. As I said before, business does not exist in a vacuum. We are all members of society. So when society is in crisis as it is today, then how can we not embrace the idea of business as a part of that solution? Business is the very institution that harnesses the best minds to create solutions that generate economic wealth. It is the incubator for mind-blowing innovation. It can also be the engine for positive change and the vehicle that enables people to fulfill their own true potential. In the late 20th century, business took a detour that has led us towards crisis. In the 21st century, business can lead us back and realize its own full potential to create and support a thriving planet and healthy and equitable societies. That's it. I hope you enjoyed this special episode of For Love and Money. If you did and you'd like to know more about my book, um, check out the show notes. We've included links there. I hope that you will join us for the next episode of the For Love and Money podcast. We have some incredible guests coming up over the next um, few episodes um, who are sharing their insights on their own path to purpose journey. So I hope you will continue to join us. Thank you and see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the For Love and Money podcast. If you'd like to take a deeper dive into the purpose movement, visit us at thecauseeffect.com.au. And remember, doing good is good for business. So if you're not doing good, then what are you doing?